This is the Police Canine Training Podcast with Jeff Meyer. Join us for each episode to get real-world advice from canine professionals who have experience on the street. Each episode will focus on up-to-date information that you can use on the street. Spend about 30 minutes with us each week as part of your training day. Our goal at Police Canine Training is to make every canine team be the best they can be. Welcome to the Police Canine Training Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. This is my first uh, show we're doing this year for 2024. I hope everybody had uh, safe and good holidays. I know a lot of uh, people listening to this had to work over the holidays. So uh, I appreciate everybody that was out there on, uh, especially New Year's night. That's always kind of a, a crazy night for most most agencies. So hopefully everybody got through uh, the holidays relatively unscathed. We're starting off 2024, and I thought that this might be a good show early in 2024 to kind of talk about taking stock at where you're at. I'm not a big uh, New Year's resolution person. Don't really do them myself. I'm not suggesting that you start out with resolutions. But I do think at uh, times, you know, at different intervals, it's always a good idea to maybe take a look at, you know, uh, your profession, your program, see how things are going. So obviously it's a canine podcast. We're going to talk about, you know, where are you at in your canine uh, unit? Where, where are you at uh, compared to the other other places? How do you fit into the national standards? Just give you a few uh, ideas maybe of things you could kind of look at for yourself and for your agency this time of year and kind of reflect back to what last year was. So really what I'm talking about is is just taking a hard look. Look at all of maybe, you know, it's a good year, good time of the year. Maybe look at everything you did in 2023. Look at all of your training records. Look at all of your deployments. Think about any significant events you had and start really talking about it. And I think, you know, you can look at it from several different different angles. You can look at it as, you know, a handler. If you're a handler, if you're a supervisor and a handler, you can look at it from both. There's a lot of uh, sergeants that run the unit also have a dog there's different ways you can kind of reflect back at last year from from that different perspectives and then of course if you're like a command officer so i'm going to talk about those and then also as, as a unit as a whole so if you're a handler and uh you know been in the unit for whether it's uh, just six months of last year or last year was your 37th year it doesn't matter i think right now you know beginning of 2024 Pull out all of your training records from 2023. Take a look at them. First off, you know, are you happy with them? If you had to pr- pr- produce those training records right now and give them to a defense attorney who wants to impeach your credibility on the stand for a criminal case or to uh, a, a attorney that is suing you and you need to use those to defend yourself, are you happy with what you're looking at? And I could tell you from... From my own experience, you know, having having done uh, training records, you know, for years and years, that's an area that is we all understand it's important, and I think all of us are guilty of sometimes cutting a few corners on that. Maybe not putting in all the details you should. Maybe uh, kind of copy and paste from a previous one, but really take a look at it. And I know that there's times where I was handing over records for different criminal cases, and I kind of flipped through them and thought, man, I kind of wish I could redo that a little bit. So this is a good time uh, to kind of look back through those and just flip through them and at a glance, ask yourself, you know, if I have to turn these over, whether it's to, even if the chief just wants to see what we're doing, am I going to be proud of what what I've put on there? I can say, you know, myself, most of the time I thought, 
when I looked at things, I I flipped through and I I would thought I, my thought always was I wish I had put a little more detail here or there, slowed down just a little bit. So this is a good time to kind of review all of all of your records from last year, and then also look at at some patterns. You know, is there something that your dog is is a little bit weak at that you're not you know, that, that you, that when you see it, it's like, you know what, for this year, when I do the review in 2025, I'm not going to see this same pattern. My dog has struggled with XYZ, whether it's say releases or recalls or, um, missing things on search patterns for a detector dog. You know, you're going to see a pattern when you look at your whole year's worth of training records, you'll see something that, that you should already know, obviously, but it is going to be in writing and you can start really thinking, you know what, for next year, when I do this same exercise, I'm going to make sure that I don't have that pattern. I'm going to address that problem head on. So, you know, one of the things is, is, is like I always mention, you know, a release. If, uh, if your dog, if you have a bunch of training records where it shows that you're doing release work over and over and over, then, you know, you maybe need to change how you're training it. And, uh, in a very soon upcoming episode, I'm going to give you some ideas as to how to problem solve release problems. Um, from my last episode that I did here with uh, Mike Ritland, I've gotten a lot of emails questioning about, you know, how do we how do we problem solve some of these things? How do we work on it? And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that I've had good success with. So in a very soon, I'll be putting an episode out with probably within the next couple of weeks. And we're going to talk a lot about doing release work. But as I say, you know, that might be something that, that jumps out at a lot of training records that, you know, if you're spending a big chunk of time doing the same exercises to fix the same problem, whether it's release or uh, recalls, whatever it is, any of the critical skills, and you, you're still always struggling it, then, you know, maybe it's time to go train with some other people a few times and, and pick their brains and maybe put a few more tools in your toolbox so you can kind of get over that hump. One of the, the um, common phrases that I've heard this year, it's a phrase that I like because it's descriptive, um, but it's uh, people are talking about having a sticky out. Everybody hears that. We know exactly what that means. Um, but the, what I don't like about it is, to me, you either have an out or release, or you don't. So if, uh, if you are thinking, well, I have kind of a, I have an out, but it's a sticky out, then you don't have a release. So this is, this is a good time of year to really start thinking, all right, I'm going to fix this problem. And by the end of, you know, 2024, when I look at 2025, I'm going to have a dog that even if the decoy is yelling and screaming and rolling around and doing other stuff, when I tell him to come back to me or to lay down or to release whatever my command is going to be for that, he's going to do it immediately. And that's very possible. And we teach it a lot in our e-collar classes, kind of show you how it's done and problem solve that. But I just use that as one example. You know, when you're looking through your, your training records, most everybody is going to have something that is going to stand out. Like, you know, I could probably do a little bit better on. So use this as a time to, to, highlight some of those. And again, I'm not a New Year's resolution person, but at least it, it, it would be some type of a idea that I'm going to fix this this year. And, and you know, if, it's, if you have a, a straight detection dog, you know, uh, there's going to be stuff that stands out there, either particular odors that your dog has trouble with or search patterns. You know, one of the things that, that I problem solve a lot on are search patterns. And when we see dogs that start cutting corners or they're searching vehicles too fast, because they're trying to get around the vehicle, you know, you can start uh, so solving some of those problems with hide placement. 
And it might be a time where you're going to, as you're looking through your training records, look at your hide placement and realize maybe I'm throwing out hides without the thought as to what I'm doing. So, you know, if you, if that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, reach out to me and we'll talk about it. But really when you put out a hide, there should always be a purpose for it. And I start training that to my handlers from day one. So if I'm training a new detection dog team, I tell them the hide is going to be with the plate is the hide and placement are going to have a purpose. So we don't just throw something in a drawer. It goes in that drawer because of the odor, because of the height of the drawer, because of the environment the drawer is in. There's there's always some reason. I don't just I don't like to train by just throwing out odors, letting the dogs go find them, put them down my train records, and say that we've trained. So start you know this would be a good time to look through your train records and start identifying if there's a problem with your detector dog. Usually you can identify a problem with your training throughout the year when you start putting them all out on the table and spread them out. Again, this might be a time I would think the whole unit should do that. Everybody print out your own training records, put them all on the table, and everybody should be looking through each other's training records. That's something that some people kind of don't like to do. And I'll tell you why. I know sometimes I wasn't comfortable with it. And it goes back to my first point is that, you know, we're not super proud of some of our training records because we did them pretty half-assed at the end of a training day and I wanted to hurry and get home. So I just wanted to scratch them out, be done with it. And then I never went back and, and tried to, to make them a little bit better. So now yeah, if everybody's sitting around your, your uh, uh, table in your, your training venue and everybody's printed out their records and now everybody's passing them around, it puts the onus on you maybe for this year to do, do better ones. Everybody to do better once. This doesn't mean we're all going to sit around and and critique each other's training records, um, but it, it might be a time to you know you can start showing each other the training records. A lot of times, I know that supervisors read training records, but we don't read each other's training records as handlers, and that should be something that you know we're all looking at, and and you know it it holds a little more integrity when uh, you know you know you might have a dog that that struggles with a certain skill whatever critical skill but then when you look at that handler's training records all of a sudden you don't see any of that in there so this be a good time to like i said uh print them all out have them all at a table everybody shuffle them around start reading them what you'll also probably see are not just patterns for your own dog and your own team you're going to see patterns for your whole unit and it might be any of those critical skills that you that that the whole unit is struggling with that's a time where you know let, let's uh, you know bring in some other trainers for a couple of seminars let's go train with some other agencies see if there's something else and improve I, i'm a big advocate of training with lots and lots of different teams just so you get a kind of look at how everybody does things and maybe be able to take some of those ideas back to your unit then also the same uh, thing you know i'm talking about training records but look over all of your deployment records too. And obviously if you're a busy department, you're gonna have a bunch of them. So I'm not saying you're gonna read and highlight every one of them, but look them over, uh, kind of see where did we get a lot of deployments? So for instance, in in uh, the unit that, that I retired out of, it was a detection dog unit. I had a bomb dog, and then I had a dog that found guns, shell casings, and currency. But all the bomb dogs in our unit, we did a lot of gun searches and a lot of shell casings. And that was a big important part of our our uh, reason that we existed. Obviously, special events for sweeps and all that were, was also. But one of our stats that you know I'd look at is did we do more or less 
uh, gun and shell casing searches or bomb sweeps, you know, and bomb sweeps are something that, um, you know, obviously that's dictated by the number of events you have and, and, you know, calls, that types of things. Same with uh, gun searches, but I want to make sure, you know, have we been available? Uh, what do our numbers look like? So as a unit, start looking at, you know, your numbers from the year before. And if they're up or down, figure out why. If they're down, is it because you have fewer handlers or the cops just aren't setting up the perimeters to call for canine as often, which is, you know, pretty common in the, the environment that uh, we work in right now. But look at your numbers and look at them with a bit of a critical eye and, and figure out where do we stand because, you know, you're the first line of defense and have those numbers handy and have reasons why they're where they are. So when you do get asked about those by your chief or your deputy chief or sheriff, then you've already said, you know, here's, we've looked into it, here's what we're doing and here's why or whatever. So you should know your stats pretty well. And this would be a good time to kind of put them all out on the table again, talk about them as a unit. And there's some peer pressure there. So if you, you know, if you have five, six, seven handlers and three or four of them have twice as many call outs as say one person, and that one person always seems to just not quite be available for those call outs, it's, there's some peer pressure to, to have those stats right in front of everybody. Not saying it has to turn into a, a big fight then, but, uh, you know, there's, in my experience has been, and traveling around the country, whenever I talk about this, people always kind of laugh in the classes because they're thinking of the person that's in them. There's somebody in most groups that just don't, uh, they just don't quite pull all of the weight that they should be. So it's a good time, you know, get everything on the table with deployments. And then in those deployments, there's going to be a couple of, of uh, maybe critical deployments or bigger deals. And that might be a time that even though you probably uh, debriefed them at the time, which I hope, you know, you're doing regular debriefs, might be a time to now look back, you know, a few months later, pull that deployment back out, kind of go over it again. Maybe there was something where, you know, the whole unit was involved and, you know, it ended one way or the other, you know, maybe with a successful capture of the bad guy that, you know, maybe was moving on a perimeter or whatever, and you had to keep readjusting the perimeter and kind of tighten the noose around him till somebody finally was able to, to get contact with the suspect in one of the yards, for example, or maybe it was a officer-involved shooting that was part of this deployment. But it might be a good time to kind of sit back now and say, all right, it's been six months. Let's go back and re, re, uh, review some of the stuff we did on that. And is there anything we could have done better or worse? So all of those things are, are just good when you start looking through your records. It's going to jog your memory and do it as a group. Do it with the, you know, your, your sergeant, your supervisor there. I think it's a, a good thing to do. And it should be done as a debrief where, you know, it's not, people aren't trying to attack each other. We're not trying to, you know, make points politically. And, you know, rank isn't a big deal. If the sergeant screwed something up in the, in one of these deployments, this is a time that the guys should be able to say, Hey, if, when we have something similar coming up next time, maybe we need to do it this way or that way. And everybody should be open to some uh, constructive criticism and be ready to, to change. So before I move on to some of the other things that I think you should review. Uh, this year, one of the things that changes in this podcast is I have a couple of uh, um, advertisers 
just to help pay the bills for all the hosting and everything. And my first advertiser that I that I uh, am happy to have is Bob Eden from Cats uh, Canine uh, Platinum. So Cats is an activity tracking software. They were the first one. So Cats started in, in 1991. So Bob was the first one that did like canine record keeping software. And right now, uh, the Cats provides in-depth analysis of training activity and deployments of police dogs. The system provides court-ready documentation at the touch of a button, and it's your first line of defense to buffer against potential direct and vicarious liability issues. It's accessible anywhere at any time. What's nice about CATS is you don't have to download any type of software. You can use it on any system. You pull up, you go to the website and pull it up. The website's secure. Uh, Again, Bob's been doing this now for 33 years. So uh, Cats Platinum is one of the, the premier, definitely the first canine record-keeping software companies, and uh, it keeps evolving all the time. So I know Bob's got a lot of stuff in the uh, works for 2024, some exciting changes that and updates for the uh, software. So check out catsplatinum.com, catsplatinum.com, because they, that's where you can go and you can get a 45-day free trial you can check out everything that he's doing there, show you everything that the software does. So it's really a, a, a great investment for a canine unit. Like I said, at touch of a button, you can get all of your, your records and everything printed out. This uh, review that I'm talking about would be a piece of cake with this. The supervisor could publish everybody's. So another uh, uh, advertiser that I have this year is Demine Bite Suits. And uh, most of you know about Demine Bite Suits. I like Demony Bite Suits a lot. I personally use one. Um, they're an industry leader in bite suits. They've been around since the 70s uh, from sport work and law enforcement and military. Uh, most people that have tried Demony Bite Suits really like them. And I, I see that, uh, you know, lots of, you know, very well-known decoys that are posted a lot so- on social media are using Demony Bite Suits. I find them to be flexible. They protect you enough but they also give you enough feeling from the dog that you can really react to the dog. So a good place to get, or the best place, I should say, to get a Demonet Bite Suit is to go to DemonetBiteSuits.com. Um, you can place your order from there. They have the best prices, and they take care of everything for your, from your admin. You just go to the website, and they'll take care of everything. You'll get free shipping, and you can use the coupon code K9TrainingPC, and you'll get 5% off your order. So don't settle for uh, less than that. Go to DemonetBiteSuits.com. And finally, uh, complete canine training. So if you're looking for uh, strong, social, and stable uh, dogs, uh, complete canine training is just outside of Denver where I'm at. So complete canine training is a full-service canine company. They provide canines training, and they have green dogs and pre-trained dogs that are available right now. So they offer more than just dogs. They have courses. They have uh, their focus on scenario-based training. And the guys up at Complete Canine training will push your limits and prepare you for real world deployments so check out complete canine training.com slash canine so you can contact chris up there and chris will give you all the information about complete canine training so i appreciate all the sponsors for this show and now we'll get back to uh, work here so as far as uh reviewing things the supervisor could also start reviewing things and as a supervisor is i'm talking about a first level supervisor I think it's a, this is a good time to maybe look back and and ask yourself, you know, what what else could I do for my handlers? The handlers are the ones that are the backbone of this this uh, 
this program. So as a first line supervisor, I think handlers are, are the supervisor, the ones who are, should be able to provide, you know, whatever, uh, the handlers need to their best of their ability. So as a supervisor, you know, take a look at all of your equipment, you know, it, do you need a new bite suit? Do you need, uh, to find a different thing that, uh, different type of record keeping software? Do you need better vehicles? That, you know, can, is that something that you can at least start planting the seeds in with your, through your admin? I mean, I know some of these are large purchases that take budgetary, uh, planning but the first line supervisors are the ones who can start talking about that check your heat alarms check check everything that the uh, officers need what about your weapon systems do you need anything new there just uh, basic stuff leashes collars you know go through all the equipment and figure out as a supervisor have i done my best to equip this team as, as to my ability and i understand that that changes from agency to agency some some supervisors have you know a credit card they can buy stuff other other supervisors have to write letters and, and beg and plead for it because of the budget. But if you're a supervisor and you took the test and then you asked to be the supervisor of the canine unit, I'm sorry, I think that's your job. So even if it requires doing a little legwork and trying to, to bump some heads, trying to get the equipment that your handlers are, are asking for, as long as it's uh, stuff within reason. Now, obviously, I've seen handlers go overboard and ask for crazy stuff that you know, you got to be reasonable, but this is a good time of year. You know, look at, as a supervisor, look through, you know, what, what have I, uh, what, what else can I do for my handlers? Look at your policies as a supervisor. Is there anything that I need to update right now for my handlers and figure out what do I need to do? Do I need to change some policies, update some policies, maybe get rid of a policy, change, change some of the scheduling. As I mentioned before, you know, if there's one person who's getting most of the overtime and other people hardly ever get overtime. Maybe that's a scheduling issue. Maybe you can try and even out the workload a little bit. So it's just a good time of year to, to look at what are your duties and responsibilities as a supervisor? And is there anything you can do better as those duties and responsibilities? So I think that's, you know, as you're, as you're thinking about reviewing, look at it as a handler and a supervisor. And then again, I mentioned kind of doing it as a whole unit. So you know, spend the whole time doing as a unit, as I mentioned, doing a whole debrief of, of everything that you did. And that should also be a time where hopefully the relationship is that the uh, handlers can voice any objections they have to maybe some of the things the supervisor might be able to help with. And the supervisor should hopefully be open-minded. Most everybody that I worked for in my more than 33 years, um, I had supervisors that you could usually talk to and uh, they would they would at least listen and try to try to help you if you're asking for a reasonable thing so hopefully that's the the environment most people are in and then finally uh, one of the things you could do as a group is maybe look at some of the court cases you've had this year even if they're just kind of as you, you know quote run-of-the-mill court cases look at some of them and just say was there uh, you know a challenge that I had to do in a deposition was there anything that I did there that, you know, that maybe I didn't really talk to everybody about, you know, because it seemed like not a big deal, but let's talk about it. And, and again, all we're doing is, is preparing for to make 2024 even stronger. And while you're while I'm on the subject of court cases, this is not a bad time to maybe go back and look at some of the landmark court cases. And there's quite a few of them. But what I find is that I think a lot of there's so many court cases now, and I understand that they're coming out all the time. And I understand, you know, that it's hard to keep up, but there's some big time landmark ones. So obviously everybody talks about Graham versus Connor. 
But have you read Graham versus Connor? Have you read the whole case? Uh, you, I'm sure you understand the three-prong test and you understand how you can deploy your dog underground versus Connor. But have you read all the ins and outs of the case and can you discuss it intelligently if need be to any of the supervisors or in court or whatever? So this is a good time to pull that case out and look at it. Most people studied that case when they were going to their first canine interview and they understand it but they don't uh, reread it. You know, same with, there's there's quite a few cases. You know, Kerr versus West Palm Beach has lots of uh, issues for supervision that are still pertinent to this day, even though the case is probably 30 years old at this point. Chu versus Gates is another case that's probably 30 years old, but a lot of handlers don't talk about some of those. So there's a ton of those cases. You can go to like Sheepdog Guardian and pull up, become a member there and just become, pull up some of those cases. And it's a good time to review them. I was mentioning that when I was a new handler uh, to a friend of mine, that when I was a new handler, we actually had a sergeant who would uh, print out cases. And this is kind of before the internet, how long ago that was. But he'd print out cases and uh, that he'd get from our civil liability unit. And each handler would have to read the case, highlight it, kind of understand it. And then uh, during training, uh, over a course of several weeks, you'd have to kind of talk about that one case. And to me, it was a great exercise in keeping guys up on case law, keeping them current, and uh, making sure that everybody understood the value of, of, of understanding all those cases. So I don't think many people do that anymore, but uh, it's, it's not a bad idea. And again, I understand there's cases coming out all the time. So, But those, those are just some ideas I wanted to throw out there for this uh, first show here. Just uh, take some time, you know, look at look at everything you did and also look at some of the things, you know, it might not be on paper, but I know that when I look back and I look at, you know, some, especially some of my patrol dog deployments, if I look at them with a very critical eye, there are some things that I probably could have done safer. And this is a good time, you know, even if it's probably not written down and maybe you're not going to discuss it with everybody. Hopefully if it's something that you looking back, you really think, man, that was really kind of dumb and I... I literally dodged the bullet on that. Uh, maybe that's something you want to share with people. Um, but it's a good time to take stock in, you know, everything about your tactics, your your training, your equipment. What do you have, you know, if you're listening to this in your patrol car right now, look around at your equipment. What do you have on your vest right now? Where's your patrol rifle? How How is your patrol rifle ready to go? Is it in good working order? Uh, can you get to it? Have you practiced grabbing it, you know, on the fly and being ready to go? Everything on your vest, is, is that what you need if you're out on a, a very long deployment a long ways away from your car? Do you have all the stuff you need? Um, you know, do you have some stuff on your vest you don't need? Uh, maybe you're, you're carrying too much weight that you don't need. So all of these things, you know, as you're sitting here listening to this, I hope I'm just jogging some ideas, you know, some uh, for you to look at and think, you know what, as I sit here, listen to this guy, I'm going to change up a few things, you know, clean up my car a little bit look around here, get get rid of some of this stuff, be ready for, for whatever comes next in this year because uh, things aren't getting any better. I think, you know, obviously there's lots and lots of violent uh, criminals that they don't seem to want to keep in jail, so you got to deal with them several times. And on top of that, the court cases are not, you know, really going in our favor and a lot of these, uh, you know, politicians are not really helping us. So this is just a good time to really kind of take stock in, in everything that you're doing and uh, know that what you do matters and we still have the very best job in the entire world uh, so 
Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks for uh, listening to this, and I welcome any uh, feedback. I'll put, uh, you know, all these uh, people I talk to, these companies that are supporting the show, I'll put them in the show notes. I'd appreciate it if you take a look at the show notes, maybe uh, check them out if you need any of their products. And as always, if you need anything, my uh, email will be in the show notes. And I appreciate uh, everybody listening to this. And finally, uh, for this year, if you can take a minute and just rate this show, um, wherever you're listening to it, if it's Google or whatever, if you can take just one or two minutes and rate the show somehow, that helps uh, the uh, search engines find this show even better. So as since I switched over from my old show and this is a new one, I'm just trying to make sure that it's easy to find this show. So if you can just take a couple minutes and rate this show, a couple seconds actually is all it takes, on whatever platform you listen to the show. So if you uh, have any su- suggestions on either uh, topics you want me to talk about or research and then talk about or guests to come on the show, I'm happy for all those. i got a lot of uh, great guests coming up. I've been recording a lot of cool podcasts with a lot of a lot of people in the industry, but just wanted to take today just to uh, wish everybody a happy new year and kind of give everybody a few uh, things to think about. So thanks everybody. <laughs>